it was uh, maybe it gets better. I don't know, but it was one of the worst beginnings to a game I've I've seen in a long time. Just I think that's just Atlas Games, man. Hello and welcome to another Dead Pixel, a podcast about video games, entertainment, life, a little bit of everything in between. With me today is my buddy Nick, the man who decides to run into restaurants screaming at the top of his lungs just for no apparent reason. How are you doing, Nick? Doing good. Um, yeah, like it's the only way to get uh, good service, I think. You know, you have to make yourself known. Um, and if someone doesn't try to stop you from doing that, then they're probably not going to care about you when you sit down at the table all quiet and meek. So you, that's, I mean, I have unparalleled, uh, I receive unparalleled service whenever I go into these restaurants. I mean, in today's day and age, filled with Karens and Chads, I guess you got to stand out from above the rest. Uh, so long as you're not like reenacting uh, Michael Douglas's falling down, I think we're good. Yeah, I usually scream, um, I need to talk to a manager uh, as loudly as I can. Um, but it's Texas, so I don't wave a gun around. I used to do that when I lived uh, when I lived in Hawaii, but uh, but uh, this is a red state, so <laughs> you can't really you can't really. This is a constitutional carry state, so if I do that, I, I would get uh, I get blasted away. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's the point of carrying when everyone's carrying? I mean, uh, I remember Arizona used to be that. Uh, you'd always hear stories about some guy, you know, pulling a gun at a Seven Eleven. And then you hear, then it's like, oh yeah, the cashier and two or three other people draw on them. And it's like, and that was how they were apprehended. So yeah, I mean, what's the, it's, I think it's more, what's the point of pulling a gun when you know everyone is carrying? <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's, you know, it's fun. It's fun to um, run screaming into a restaurant. Uh, people usually, even, even if there's a long line, if you just run screaming in there, uh, people usually think you know what you're doing and they'll just get you served. I usually say something like, I was here five minutes ago and my order got messed up. Um, and then you scream some, when they say like, by who you say, what you just say, a racial slur by that blah, blah, blah boy over there, you know, and you kind of point in a really ambiguous direction. And, um, that's it really becomes their main priority to get you out of the out of the restaurant as fast as possible and the best way for them to do that you have to make that clear the best way for them to do that is for them to give you what you want all right well i was hoping you'd, it'd be something more um peaceful like just you know jim carrey's most annoying sound in the world <laughs> you know from, and then you just walk in making that noise and everyone's like just just whatever this guy needs just just give it to him so he can get out as quickly as possible. Dude, that is so funny. Because, like, <laughs> he, like, really delivers on that. He's like, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? And the sound that he makes, I can't make it. But Jim Carrey really delivers on, on like, yeah, that, that probably is, uh, you know, short list, top five most annoying sounds in the world. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Gosh, All I'm... right. Well, on that note, uh, or the note that we cannot make, uh, how how have you been, man? How's it going? For real, I've been okay. Um, it's getting warmer again down here, though it is cool this weekend. It's been raining since like Thursday or since yesterday, I guess, a good bit. Um, 
So I haven't been able to do much, but I've uh, been able to play some games up uh, since the last two weeks and watch some anime, watch some movies and shows and stuff. So there's plenty to talk about. Um, I feel like the news is finally starting to come back a little bit during the winter, especially after Christmas. During the winter, I feel like everything just slows down so much because nothing's really going on. Um, now that it's spring again, things are... Uh, starting back up and there's a bit more to talk about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's most definitely things are getting in the swing of things. Uh, we have here, you know, quite a few new games coming out and also, yeah, some, some big other little news, you know, that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about in here in a second. So um, speaking of which, we'll let you kick it off. Well, I was going to say, how are you, Joe? How are you doing? We always talk about me so Uh much. Well, you, cause you never ask, you know, (laughs) jerk face. Um, I just asked. (laughs) <laughs> i know but so much so many if you just rewind all those episodes you just be like yeah all right no well thank you for it's, asking uh it's not what you right. said it's the way you said it <laughs> i could read the intention in your eyes um but yeah <laughs> been doing good doing good we got I've, i picked myself up uh a playstation 5 uh last week yeah wait and it was did you tell me that uh no <laughs> You're saving my it's, live reaction. I mean, it, it, it is right there, though. I was going to wait oh until my like, gosh, next you're right. episode. Because well, I wasn't expecting you to uh, say anything. Blurry. Say, How long will it take him to realize? That's pretty good. Uh, that would have been pretty good. Um, uh, but it's so blurry, and it's only like, it's mostly revealed. I can see it now, but I, I've like, but I wouldn't, just because it's out of focus, I just wouldn't have, uh, I would have thought it was like papers in a book or something. Um well, yeah, good. I'm I'll, glad that you've joined. I own God of War now, so that was also kind of an uh, indicator pre-show. <laughs> well, yeah, I thought you were uh, going to play that on PS4, though. So the uh, the bundles got went on sale, uh, and the other week they all dropped like fifty bucks. I'm not sure if they still are on sale, and so instead of being five sixty, it's five ten here in the U.S. And I happen to have enough uh, Target gift cards saved up because we buy a lot of the baby products from them and they usually give you know 15 20 gift cards at a time so i was able to drop the price of i think pre-tax was 330 okay so yeah for 330 i'm like sure uh yeah i might as well just pick this up now (laughs) that's pretty good um that's definitely a good incentive I, i was you know you talked a lot um over the over the past year or so about waiting until like a PS five pro or something like that, but or slim or something, because I just, I absolutely hate the size of this thing. That's true too. It is, <laughs> it is an eyesore and it's a piece of furniture really. But, um, you know, you were texting me a while ago and I told you, yeah, I really didn't think you were going to do it because I kind of, cause the way I, I put it to you is like, well, you already have a decent PC and you already have an Xbox, um, series uh, X so the only reason to really get PS5 is, well, there's only kind of two reasons. The main one to me is to play uh, PlayStation exclusives. Um, and the other one is to play VR, uh, PSVR 2 stuff, if, you, if and when you can get a PSVR 2, which is, a, which is another chunk of change to buy that. So, so I thought you were going to wait a little bit longer. But yeah, I mean, like... You know, n- now is the time to get it if you're not going to actually wait because 
it's 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 a weird no man's land. There's it's gonna you know the PS5 Pro is gonna happen eventually, but you might end up waiting a kind of a long time and being sort of stuck without some of these uh, kind of generationally good games um, if you wait. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, rumors about uh, recently just very uh, slim things about uh, a possible PS uh, PS5 Pro coming out and. I really don't take much uh, stock into that. I, you know, I'm thinking as slow as things have been lately across a lot of like reveals. I think we're probably not going to get a, you know, a pro until next year. Uh, normally, it would be this year. You know, like if you look at like every like it's like the, I think the pro came out for the PS4 like three years afterwards, and you know, but I think this I think they're just going to wait longer to do anything like that. Um, I mean, heck, look how long they've gone with the base Switch. I mean, uh, Nintendo is rocking an ancient piece of tech right there, uh, So, which is having a hard time playing their flagship games like Pokemon. So, uh, with, no, but when it came to this, I was honestly thinking about, like, the soonest I was going to buy one would have been Black Friday. I would have probably tried to do some sort of console bundle with maybe... Um, probably would have been know, a good PSVR deal at that two, time, you're right. You know? You know, but I'm like, honestly, 50 bucks now off now is actually pretty stellar. Um, I actually have, I've had the PlayStation Plus uh, subscription since almost the beginning. And so that means the entirety of the PS5 you know, uh, since that's been released. And so they've issued a lot of free games that way as well. And like uh, I showed you an article that uh, come May, they're going to be canceling their... Um, their PlayStation like collection, which is mostly a lot of PS4 games, but games that you can play on your PS5 and they have, you know, they kind of reward you with like the best of or some of the really good games for um, PS4, but you can play it, you know, it's free for your PS5. And yeah, so I went ahead and downloaded a few of those games that I didn't actually own already. Uh, but that's it. So I've, and then because it was like the very, I think I bought it right at the end of the month uh, last month. And so I went ahead and uh, proceeded to download like 800 gigs onto it uh so it's pretty much all full now i wow. i went ahead and i have uh i had a spare a hard drive backed up a few things and my data cap just like i was so close to breaking my data cap i mean you know what it's fine because i have like i, I did the like, i'm looking i'm like okay i'll be done downloading and i'll have like a you know, less than 100 gigs uh and i have like 12 hours left before the next uh my next month and everything will reset. So that's just good planning, man. This is good budgeting. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, so far I haven't really gotten too much chance to play anything on it because I've been playing uh, uh, Dead Space, which I actually I'll talk about more about it when you know during our games portion. Right. But that I got that one from the library from for the Xbox. So yeah. Uh, but no, that's it, man. I've been super busy. Uh, with uh, just some family things and Easter, this being Easter Sunday, uh, you know, weekend. So yeah, it's coming uh, right up. Um, all right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Well, to the news then, I guess uh, you have a handful of things for us today. To the news. Um, yes. Uh, yes. 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 Uh, E3 got canceled. Uh, seems like that is uh, the final nail in the coffin. I would say uh, maybe for a while. Um, E3 has not really been relevant in probably five years. I don't think it was, uh, man, 
man. Yeah. Anyway, so it's, it's been canceled. Um, uh, it's just, I mean, like uh, Nintendo dropped out nearly a decade ago, didn't they? I think they, they stopped showing up. I think that was in the article I read that they stopped showing up like back in 2013, I think maybe even earlier. So they've stopped showing up in their, you know, like quote unquote official capacity. They had come out. Like, I remember they built a booth for breath of the wild. I remember that. Yeah. Like they, they, they made this giant, giant, like safari zone kind of thing. Like it made you feel like you're in the woods. Um, but they, Nintendo has been doing their uh, private directs uh, during the same time. So everyone then pauses and watches that because it's a huge deal and they get to piggyback off of, Hey, everyone's paying attention to the media for video games, uh, but they don't have to pay any of those uh, fees or anything like that. And, you know, it's actually worked out pretty well for them. You know, and they've, you know, they've said uh, for a long time that developers having to prepare a vertical slice of whatever they're working on to show up and present at E3 was a really big detriment to um, to uh, the, the the workflow because uh, they have to pause they're doing go down there and and preparing and preparing something in the in the first place so it was just it was a lot of time and and money spent I mean they had to pay for those booths and things and I mean it's kind of weird because it you know like Jeff Gertzman says it's always supposed to have been an industry show it's supposed to be more for people in the industry to, to shake hands with other people in the industry. And it kind of, we kind of just got spoiled, I think, um, starting in what the, in what the early nineties, uh, I think it was the nineties with, um, with like being able to see what was going on there. Cause like so much was, you know, uh, new stuff was sort of being talked about that they were like, well, we need to report on this. And, Anyway, it's just, it, it probably should go back to being like, hey, we're not really going to present anything for people to see. We're going to present stuff for people who are in the industry who know what, what, like what we're talking about to make something ugly or to talk about something ugly and kind of discuss it amongst ourselves outside of the public. That's kind of the way I would, I would go back to doing it, but I guess that way it's not going to make money so you know well i mean essentially yeah what it was is it was for uh you know massive companies to take a look and you know back when uh you had retailers who had to you know order their copies right. and so they needed to see if they were going to actually stock anything hey guys so we had some technical difficulties uh right here in this next section uh, the internet went out at uh, either Joe's place or, or my place. Anyway, we couldn't get a good connection going, so it was really garbled for a few minutes. But um, anyway, we kind of had to stop the podcast there and then uh, pick back up a few minutes later when everything sorted out. So um, here it is, uh, us kind of beginning again on the E3 conversation. Uh, sorry about that. All right, so E3's been you know around since '95. Uh, and okay. essentially, yeah, so essentially from there, uh, a lot of that stuff was reported through magazines and it was mostly meant for uh, vendors, you know, so retailers like Toys R Us or Sears, and they actually had to order their games. You know, right. So you needed to see what you wanted to put a purchase order for. So it was and, in their best interest to present the game like as best as possible, 
there's a lot of hype that comes up around it. And then like Toys R Us and Walmart are like, hey, like this is like something that's definitely going to sell a lot. We definitely want to get that on our shelves. Yeah. And, you know, granted, uh, exclusives weren't really a thing back then like they are now. But it was, uh, I know certain uh, retailers when it came to, uh, for example, uh, the Sega Saturn, you know, like I think it was only uh, KB Toys that got them. It was like, and we're out now. Um, or was that the Dreamcast? Shoot, I'm getting them confused now. But anyways, it was the, it was a drop, like, a you know, a we're presenting, we're dropping. And it's so last minute that not everyone has it. And so it caused, you know, it caused a lot of trouble. Uh, we remember. what we have here now though is Gosh. when the uh, as as uh, E3 had been continuing for a while, getting more attention. Uh, you know, you you get to see it on the news for a little bit. It'd be uh, you know your your five o'clock news would be like, and there's this a video game you know expo or coming you know happening right now called E3, and and that was like, hey, you know, my, your little kid's hobby is now actually a re- legit business. Uh, uh, you know, the rest of the world is taking notice. And uh, there's actually money involved, you know. So that's, you know, that was the one time a year where everyone got to hear about video games just for a little bit. Uh, and when it comes to uh, the, you know, early 2000s, the internet being what it is, you're actually getting to see a lot more of the game footage. Uh, they're, they'd be giving a lot of those trailers and, uh, you know, that was huge. Uh, it blew up, but then essentially a lot of people, uh, it, it, you know, you can blame it on certain, a few different things, but, uh, one of the big things was, I think is the ESA started just making a couple big mistakes. Um, one of which was like doxing all their, uh, all the attendants. That was uh, not helpful. That's for sure. They, they didn't do it just once though. They did it twice. Uh, <laughs> I remember when that, that last one that blew up, it, people were tracking it and they i don't remember exactly the details but i remember that they that they screwed up and then it took them a while to get it fixed and even when they got it quote fixed it it was not like completely corrected and people were complaining about it it was like it went on for like weeks it was just it was like that stuff was out there for like for a long long time and people were really really mad about it I mean, rightfully so. I mean, yeah. you should if you're going there and you're giving them your information so you can get your badge and you know your credentials. You, uh, the rest of the world doesn't know need to know who I am, what what's my contact number, what's my business number or like address. They don't need to know any of that. Yeah, there were addresses uh, and stuff that were that were leaked, and you know that's. I remember li- listening to different podcasts at that time, and. Um, you know, hearing uh, some people say, okay, look, you know, people who are already doing this, they were saying, look, you need to, uh, you know, leak proof your contact information. You need to have a a Google Hangouts number so that you can give them a cell number, but it's not a real, it's not your real number and you need to avoid putting, you need to have like a, a mail uh, box instead of your like a, like a like a what do you call it like a post office box instead of your actual address as the address that you give them things like that and I was like yeah that's probably probably a good thing to do but a lot of people were like you know they're just not thinking in those terms so a lot of their stuff got got leaked and some of those people get death threats because of their opinions I mean it's stupid but they do get you know kind of crazy stuff like that sometimes so they kind of have to take 
that privacy stuff seriously. And, and it just came at the worst time because we were, you know, this was not too long ago. So E3 was already like circling the drain and trying to make a comeback. And it just was not, it was just the worst time to possibly do that. Yeah. Cause it was in like 2019 or, or it's like when that happened, it was right before it was like either the year before the final one, before the pandemic, uh, I think it was the year after happened, the pandemic. It was like yeah. the first one where they could have maybe come back. And I remember well, that being a problem. It was, it was right. It was, I'm pretty, um, like I said, it happened. Uh, I'm pretty sure it happened more than once. Cause one of them was like, yeah. Hey, we have their information on our website. You have to go to like kind of a roundabout way, but if you're to poke around, you can find it. And like, so 29, like 2019 was their last, uh, last show before the pandemic they ended up having the uh the cancellation and people are like okay great this will be, this either either going to kill them and they'll be dead uh you know like gamestop you know a lot of people are thinking or it'll come back they'll get to reorganize come back stronger and then uh 2021 they came they did the online yeah. uh and now the last two years has you know uh been canceled you know so it's like yeah they're honestly uh there's some good still needed to be for E3 for smaller companies, smaller groups, like because that's how they mingle. You know, you you could network a lot easier because everyone is there. But other than the small, uh, you know, the small independent studios, the big companies don't need it. I mean, they really don't. Uh, they can get everything they need by going, uh, doing their own private events. And I think the big thing with E3 as a whole is because there's so many other big uh events happening like in the US we have PAX, we have a bunch of PAXs. Uh you have uh Gamescom which has arguably been bigger and better uh than E3 for a while. Uh Jeff Keighley has been doing his, you know, his thing for for a handful of years now as well. It's been getting only more steam since uh you know, since the pandemic hit and with E3 not in the picture uh he's really you know gained the support of most of the people and i mean it depends on what you're looking for but they kind of had an identity crisis because they're like well we're trying to make money we need to we need to try to get more attention so that's when they opened it up to the public and they charged a ridiculous amount of money for it uh people still came because they wanted to see what it was all about but a lot of the industry veterans really didn't like the way it was set up and it wasn't you know, it was like growing pains. I mean, granted, if you, they had enough time, they could have worked out the kinks, but it was just very uh, poorly implemented in a lot of ways. And, you know, so a lot of people think that if you want to do a fan base thing, you should do PAX. PAX is good for hands-on for a lot of, uh, you know, for the for the people. Yeah. And now if you want to do an industry thing, you go to Gamescom because Gamescom will actually have um, special days put aside for press and media. You know, that's... Yeah, so they know, have their own and yeah. to the people at the same time. Pax and Gamecom kind of, kind of ate their lunch, kind of saw the future or saw a different niche and explored that, and that ended up being the future, um, of like, you know, people just want to go and, and see the games, um, and less of of the like industry stuff kind of mixed in, you know, the 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 world kind of just changed, um, the world kind of just moved on from that method of of uh of of telling everybody about your games coming out but i mean dang back in the late 90s you know the summertime you know june e3 was 
it was awesome. It, it was great because you just you got a, a that was the only time that you really got a full view of all the awesome stuff that was coming out. And I remember, I remember me and my my friends at school. You know the the like electronic gaming monthly that was about E three would come out, and we'd get it, and somebody else would get the PlayStation one, somebody else would get the Nintendo Power one, or or whatever. Uh, magazines that we were personally into and we'd get that and then bring it to school and be like, Oh yeah, look at this one. Look at that one. Look at, look at all this crazy stuff that's coming out. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good way to build hype, you know, and excitement around stuff. A lot of that, you know, hype came, came crashing down whenever we actually got our hands on the games. But, but you know, it was a, it was a pseudo kind of fun for a while and it's sort of sad to see it go, but it's also like, you know, Pandora's box is open and the internet is just, everything is instantaneous now. Um, as soon as somebody wants to, and usually before somebody wants you to know about something, uh, you're getting, you're getting information on it, you know? Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of bittersweet. I would say we have a different way of doing it, but I think it's less impactful now because it is so automatic um, but yeah, it's yeah. You you miss you miss a lot of the big uh, the show pieces and the bombast behind it all. I mean, uh, when you look at you know companies uh, like Ubisoft have have been able to make a real spectacle of things, and you know you know it's like or you got like um, <sighs> uh, was it uh, Devolver? Uh, like they know how to uh, poke fun and make a lot make a, make something really entertaining. Uh, so you know, you'll miss out on those, and that's a shame. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, like you mentioned before, uh, people don't have to make these vertical slices anymore. They don't have to worry about having, uh, doing a demo on stage. And then what happens if something happens, like it glitches or it screws up and then, then what, you know, now you look like, you know, you're standing there with egg on your face and you're trying to recover. Uh, so, yeah, I remember there was a thing with, uh, I think the final fantasy, I think it was like Final Fantasy 15 where they were fighting this boss and it did not attack when it was supposed to attack. And it was really awkward for like, like it was hard to tell for a, for a second, but then it was really awkward because like there's nothing really happening. And then the game, I guess, had a fail safe and it skipped, it skipped the part they were trying to show and they were able to kind of like save it and finish up. But I was like, Man, that had to be very, very tense backstage whenever they were like watching it for those like 10, 15 seconds of it not doing what it was supposed to do. Uh, it was uh, ooh, very scary. Yeah, but then you get, you know, like the other ways around it, you know, you'd be, if you get caught, you're, you know, people would uh, roast you alive for it being like, you know, you'd pretend like you're playing it, playing the, you know, game and then technically it's footage, you know, it's pre recorded video footage or something like that. Uh, you know, it's yeah. like people, you know, you don't want to, you're trying to, you know, it's it's essentially like a musician lip syncing on national TV. You know, we're doing, they're doing the lip sync because anything could go wrong and you want to make it the best possible. And it's fine if you perform well enough, no one notices. Yeah. But then if you get caught, you know, you're really screwed. Yeah, there's uh, room or, for scandal, room for mistakes and errors. That's for sure. And then, but I mean, like, gosh, we're never going to have another thing like, uh, like, you know, Sega Saturn 
coming out at one price and then like PlayStation uh, coming out at, at a better price and being a better product or like Nintendo backstabbing PlayStation um, and stuff like that. I mean, all that stuff happened like at or around or just before E3, you know, because of E3. Um, and it's, oh, yeah, know, well, that's the, the game whole, history. Yeah, Microsoft and PlayStation, you know, like uh, price drops and, you know, we can share games and, so, you know, like that, that is true. Uh, but at the same time, they don't need that anymore. Uh, or they can yeah. just, they can move it to a different, you know, the only part, the only thing is being an American, it's nice to have that, you know, relatively close, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Well, I mean, Gamescom, yeah, in LA. You know, it's yeah. not convenient for, for anyone in America, but for Europe there, that's, it's, you know, it's, it's more. Dang near uh, impossible or attainable. Australia <laughs> or Japan. I mean, yeah. it's like, you got to fly all the way to LA from one of those other continents that is a lot tougher than, you know, taking a domestic flight, even from like New York to LA. That's a pretty big flight, but it's not as bad as one of those other places. So yeah. Um, you know, if it could, could come back, I guess it'd be okay. But I, I really think that whatever way it would come back is just going to be redundant for what we already have. I think if E3 comes back, it'll just be similar to a PAX or a Gamescom it's not really going to be the E3 of old. Um, so I'm kind of like, well, you know, it's sad, but it's also, it's been dead for longer than, than we really, than a lot of people care to admit, I would say. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's part of the history, but unfortunately it's needs to go with the history at this point. And, you know, hopefully just, uh, you know, refine what we already have and, you know, make, you know, maybe make uh, a couple of packs you know, something a little more impressive or, you know, Gamescom will only get bigger uh, until it can't get any bigger than who knows. Uh, everything will implode at one time and then everything gets rebooted. It's the, that's the way it is now. <laughs> so, all right. What else you got on the news then? Um, this is something you brought up. Uh, I saw this, but uh, earlier, but I kind of forgot about it. Last of Us came out on PC and it's a bit of a buggy mess. Um I saw a thing today uh, saying that they released a patch that fixed 40 bugs. Um, so I guess that's a thing. Uh, I mean, it's sort of weird. I know porting a game is not necessarily a snap of the finger, but, and, you know, PS5 versus PC, it's just kind of weird because, like, they've already released this game on PS5. They've already had... I imagine they've already fixed all the bugs that were on that. And it's just kind of weird that, you know, porting it over, they've had to do so much uh, bug fixing, bug, bug fixing. But uh, apparently they they had some trouble and, um, and it's a little better now. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that it boggles the mind how it could have gotten, you know, gotten all the way to where the state you know to release and they're like yeah this is fine because it's like who did any of the qa testing i mean there's tons of memes tons of just weird you know weirdness of it you have uh, a lot of weird facial animations glitches uh you have like one of the cutscenes that was probably the most uh, you know egregious was uh it the character models look like uh they are they're their character models from like when it's supposed to rain 
but they're indoors and they're just dripping water. I heard about so that. They finally fixed that one. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, it's you know they're going to fix all these. Uh, you know, if it hasn't already been fixed, you know, at this point. Uh, but that's the thing is, it's like uh, you come out in such a such a bad way that you just get review bombed across this, you know, to high heaven, and then it's it's going to take you a while to recover. I mean, you'd almost have to remove it. <laughs> re-release it but with something else uh so like just instead of making it part one just take the whole thing and make the the last of us one and two you know collection and that way it's under a new skew uh and you can start and you can start the review process all over again uh because that's the only way that you can really recover from something uh quickly i guess yeah it's it's almost like sony doesn't want to release these games on pc (laughs) it's almost (laughs) like they don't like that no yeah but was, i mean they like, like no money. one yeah no one wants that bad of an image i mean and no. the thing is you have you know naughty dog who has such a killer image uh like everyone you know they're praised all the time uh and it's uh i think it's uh supposed to be like iron galaxy helped me uh helped with this possibly uh there's there's some question questions of what like where does the blame go i guess yeah. uh but you know, it's you know, every, no one wants to take full responsibility for it, essentially is how it is. And the real answer is everyone done messed up because really, it, like these things should have been, if you did a modicum of uh, proper QA testing, you should have found these things. And if you found them, you should have been like, hey, wait a minute, yeah, maybe we need to fix these before they go out. Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of like how long has this game been out on PC? Like, not very long, and they're already fixing all these bugs. And yeah, they need. They need, you know, um, they need uh, customer feedback. Uh, they need customer data to kind of fix a lot of these bugs. I, I get it, but, but I mean, how many more could have been fixed if they just pushed it off by three months? You've, you've already released the game on PS5. Anybody that really, really wants to play it has already bought it on PS5. You're releasing it on PC so you can make some extra money and get some goodwill. Um, and you kind of screw both of those things up at least a little bit when you release it as a buggy mess. So, you know, to me, these, these PC re-releases, uh, if I was Sony, I'd be like, okay, you know, we're going to release this on PC and we're going to push it off as long as it needs to be pushed off until it comes out. I mean, no game's perfect, but until it comes out where it's not going to be a media firestorm, (laughs) You know, like we need we need our name to survive this silly little launch um, and not be stuck with egg on our face. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, you know, granted it could have been worse, but if it by far could have been way better. Uh, and it's the kind of trend now for a lot of PC ports to come out uh, less than perfect. Uh, you know, then that's just it is the new norm and it should not be acceptable. I mean, and especially in a game like this where it's, um, it's digital. It's not like they had to print copies of these things. Like, Hey, we have to have these out in retail, uh, you know, by a certain deadline or like these were printed. We found these mistakes later. We can't postpone this thing because it's already, you know, sealed. It's, that's not the case. Uh, so it's, it's a shame. Uh, granted it, I have, a hundred percent faith that it will be fixed um to the console equivalent if not better given enough time everything with enough time and i mean look at um cyberpunk 
I mean, that's now that's now an acceptable game. Uh, it took a while, but it's finally there. And yeah, and it, it just you know, I want to I do want to go back to that now that it's now that it's not this you know pile of garbage. Uh, you know, and especially since they're going to be coming out with a DLC uh, or like you know in the future, I'm like, all right, well. I'll go back to site. I'll go back to Cyberpunk when they have the complete package. I'll, and then I'll, so long as that, that also isn't like uh, a garbage fire. I'll put my money down finally on that game. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm glad I held off, and that, that's unfortunate because I would have assumed that The Last of Us would have been a sure thing on PC. Uh, but that just proves that there's nothing's a sure thing, and uh, especially nowadays. So. Yeah, you never know what's going on behind the scenes, but I do imagine that they, you know, in a company like that, it, you know, whose fault it is, like you're talking about people kind of casting blame in different places. Um, people who actually work at the company, they probably, I don't say for sure, but they probably all know whose fault it really is. And they might, and they, there might be a mixture of blame there, but but usually when there's things like that, Nobody really can say for sure publicly, but everybody knows what the real blame is, and and uh, they'll probably be reprimanded, um, and that stuff will get figured out. I think um, in the in the back rooms and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, so that's kind of long and short of the Last of Us uh, being a, a buggy mess. Um, the next thing I'll just go and jump to is uh, Resident Evil Four has been released um uh real quick uh video at games chronicle i noticed gave it a five-star review um and uh it has sold four million copies already which is pretty dang uh a p- pretty good amount for so quickly upon release um and then the other thing that come out is that they have introduced a n- uh, new dlc um already and in the dlc is where they have put some microtransactions. um i think you were talking to me a little bit before the podcast because you seem to know a bit more about kind of the thinking on this well well i just was you know like um just knowing the game uh because i don't know if you actually got a chance to ever play the game in its entirety never have um all right well shame on you uh shame So no, it's just uh, the only the only real DLC that they could have done microtransactions with would have been mercenaries mode. Uh, I actually hadn't heard about the the microtransactions until you mentioned it, so I was just speculating off the top of my head um, that like okay, if it's mercenary mode, uh, I know a lot of people liked it. Um, it wasn't really my cup of tea, but uh, it was you know it was more or less a, a survival you know survive your waves type of thing. You know you have a time limit, you have to accumulate you know a score essentially i couldn't actually remember if it, you there was a an actual competitive aspect as in like you and your buddies can fight against each other but i remember in some of the other resident evil games just you know you play with your friend and you can try to see how long you survive like in resident evil 5 and i think mercenaries originally came in resident evil 3 uh nemesis uh that was when they first introduced it but once again it was just i kind of stayed away from it so now I can see if you're, uh, you can put microtransactions in for if it's cosmetics. Uh, I'm I've never been one to really care. I guess if it's yeah, you know, if you're just making a character look better, uh, yeah, it kind of it kind of stinks if you there's some really good skins you want for a game and there's no other way to get it 
without dishing out cash. I'm like, yeah, that's not the, the greatest way to do things. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, you know, I guess it's fair. I mean, it's, it is, they need to make money somehow. Uh, now, if it's a play to win scenario, uh, if you're playing to like, uh, especially if it's competitive aspect, if you're just playing for yourself, I also don't care about that. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, you don't, you know, I want to play an RPG and I'm going to pay to level myself up. Um, so long as you're not messing with other people and yeah, you may, people can argue you're ruining your own personal experience, but also if you don't have a lot of time, you know, then maybe you're getting more of a ex- better experience out of it because you're not having to do the, the low level grind. Yeah. Uh, that they, you know, they're you saying know. that the, uh, the, up, there's uh, upgrade tickets that cost $3 each sold the multi-packs for $7 or $10. And this is all for the mercenaries mode, the the free mercenaries mode. So it, it is good. I mean, it is the comp- competitive aspect of the game that they are um, pu- putting this on. Um, it's, uh, I just kind of, I just kind of thought it was interesting that they waited. I mean, this is probably the best way besides cosmetic stuff. This is probably the best way to include microtransactions. I just thought it was a little bit, sneaky the way that they waited for the the reviews to come in uh before adding in uh the microtransactions because they know that's gonna be detrimental to reviews probably not that big a deal i don't think most i don't think most reviewers now would be like well especially if they did it just the way they have most reviewers are gonna be like well the story the original game is all, all great microtransactions are annoying and that's probably going to be the extent of it. But I just thought it was a little bit sneaky, and I wanted to point that out because I am a video game justice warrior. Yeah, well, I mean, I for sure. I mean, even The Last of Us had uh, paid DLC for different, you know, outfits and you know different aspects. But I never touched that uh, of the original game. I absolutely love the story, and I never once thought about any, you know, paying the extra for. Um, their multiplayer function but as far as this goes yeah i do agree like i think you know what i honestly can't remember if the last of us came out with their um their online at at the same time or not as well you know that makes me that makes me wonder because it's been so long uh and it is a little shady uh that you know you you come out with this you know after the fact but at the same time it's like yeah i mean it's it's not are they, like, are they supposed to just wait until everything is 100 percent finished i mean like it's not take you know the, the core I mean, the like, game is there right sp- speaking of shady oh. it's not as shady as like the shadow of mordor you know uh that shadow of mordor 2 whatever that one was called and the you know massive amount of trans microtransactions that were but they basically ruined that game i mean the first game I was a weak year, but it's still one game of the year for a lot of uh, for a lot of outlets. And the second one was just like the same game, better in some ways, but they just bogged it down with so many microtransactions that just destroyed it. But so this is yeah, definitely better. The, gr- the grinding they made the grind so hard uh, towards the towards the end that you know you pretty you much just had to get it over to, with. to yeah. do it. Yeah. So that that you know this Resident Evil Four, you know, it is it, it is better than that for sure. Um, and I think that, you know, as there's a push and pull between corporations and the, and the, and the customers, um, over the years, we kind of have both figured out where the line in the sand is on microtransactions, what we're okay with and what they can get away with. Um, so now we have more, 
companies that are able to go, eh, they're going to navigate, they're going to do something a little shady, but it's not going to be egregious. And that's sort of the happy medium that I, I'm kind of glad we live in. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, but I'm glad the game's doing well. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing it myself. It's uh, I've every few years I end up playing through Resident Evil Four, uh, so I'm kind of curious to see how much it's changed. I've seen, you know, I've seen the trailer like anyone else, but I've actually avoided any uh, gameplay just so I can first, you know, experience it firsthand. Yeah. And I should be getting my hands on that uh, shortly. So, yeah. I'll I'll have more to talk about that in the near future, hopefully. All right. So yeah, just jumping on to the next things. Um, time for our Microsoft Minute. Um, two little news stories that we'll kind of skip through because we're kind of running uh, kind of long on on some of this stuff. Um, first of all, a UK regulator uh, reverses his decision about the Microsoft Activision deal. Kind of read into this a little bit. Um, Basically, this UK regulator took a look at this stuff back in February and said, oh, it's bad. And then they just um, finished up their assessment and said, oh, it's actually good or it's actually not bad. Um, and Sony is mad about it. And that's kind of the the main thing is Sony said um, that it's uh, – I forget their exact wording. They said – it is surprising and irrational. I think they took uh, umbrage with this regulator only using one main economic model, um, but uh, they seem to like it whenever the uh, the regulator um, was on their side. So I think it's it's like, well, I, of course you would say that. Um, uh, and if I was a conspiracy theorist, I would say that uh, Microsoft got to the regulator, uh, at least got some money in his hand and uh, helped him make his decision. But I'm not a I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I, I don't think that and I wouldn't say that. Um, so that's a little bit of story, a little bit of scuttlebutt there. The other thing also to do with Microsoft is that they have cracked down on emulation. Um, that is the coming from Kotaku. That's the uh, kind of headline there. Basically, they uh, their headline is actually Microsoft escalates war against PlayStation Nintendo emulation on Xbox Series X slash S. Like, okay, whatever. All right, now you got to click on that one to know what the true story is. <laughs> I had to click, and they got my click. So yeah, so basically, they just shut down classic game emulation, um, and they kind of sensationalized some of this stuff. But and there's some people who are mad about it, I guess. But anyway, I thought it was worth mentioning, but not really worth delving into. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for the news. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So on uh, now back to what we've actually been playing. Uh, now for me, I've only been playing pretty much one thing, so I'll go first on this, and that's uh, Dead Space remake. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, the the new Death Space remake. I'm playing it on the Xbox uh, Series X, and it's uh, it has not disappointed me at all. Um, it's a game that I highly recommend if you can play with headphones. Uh, the sound design is really good. Uh, it, I forgot how much uh, I really enjoyed the original game. So when the when the first game came out, the they had so much extra marketing behind it uh, that it was. 
like it was really impressive uh for the time because they kind of made this whole connected universe they came out with i believe a short film they came out with an anime uh oh, and yeah, they came they out did. with comics yeah yeah it's like, like aftermath or something uh so they really kind of went hard on that and it was just it really made it you know I don't know, having this extra lore behind it and understanding like more about the world itself uh, was actually really fun. So I remember just really enjoying that game and also stomping on a lot of a lot of people or creatures and stuff. I just remember doing a lot of stomping in the original game. Uh, they, I forgot, but they actually had like cheat codes in the original game too, uh, like literal button it, button presses to do. Just give yourself like uh full health or something like that and that was i remember how that's fun that was really i thought that was really strange for the time like this is a big game and you have cheat codes like i i feel like no one does that anymore and yeah so uh, currently uh i've put in i don't know like five or six hours into it and i haven't i'm nowhere near as far as i should be uh i realized that the way i play these games uh, I, I'm a super hoarder, <laughs> and I will do my best to save and conserve as much ammo as possible. So I've uh, probably boring is get out to watch, but it's like I play it so tense, and I check every nook and cranny for everything. But it's uh, it's visually is an amazing game, and I'm having a great time with it. I'm hoping to um, to have this beat next week, but because of Resident Evil. I'm like I'm not sure. If, I'm like I really want to beat Dead Space before I pick up Resident Evil. Uh, yeah, that's I'm the not way. Sure if I'm, yeah, I think yeah, that's the way. That's that, kind of what I've started to do. I've had all these games that I'm like halfway through, and I'm like, no, I got to get through this one at least to beat the main story before I can move on to anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it kind of is like it. You know, I thought the original game was amazing. The second game was fun. I never actually played the third Dead Space. Um, the third Dead Space is when they went multiplayer, and it you know it slowly became so that's when they became more action oriented. Uh, that era of EA was they kind of did that for everything. They did that for Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Uh, they were really pushing yeah, okay. to make things uh, like change, like change whatever system you had in the first game, just throw them out the window, and we need to make this more action heavy because gamers don't have an attention span and if he doesn't have more action uh yeah they're, they're gonna we're gonna lose them there was, that a, was their, like their whole motto there was a youtube video i watched about about that and this guy just broke down the beginning of dead space one dead space two and dead space three and he just showed like okay here's dead space one here's how it works here's dead space two it's different but it's still it's still horror based and then here's dead space three and it was like totally like action based not scary at all not not really like it was just a total uh change to what had worked so well and his point was basically your point that they just had actioned it up and kind of, and kind of ruined it and that i was trying to remember as you were talking about that yeah it was dead space three that everybody kind of went like oh they put their head in their hands and was like not like this um because of the changes that they made and kind of kind of killed it but maybe they'll be able to maybe if they keep remaking them they'll be able to kind of save dead space 3 in a remake someday i don't know yeah i mean i if they do go to make it to three uh i would hope that they would make it multiplayer again because 
I mean, granted, when the moment you make any horror game multiplayer, you completely kill the tension. Yeah. I mean, it still may be a little bit scary, but it's far more forgiving. Uh, same thing can be said for like fear. Uh, you know, the first mm. game was had its tense moments, but when fear became multiplayer, uh, you know, it's you can, you know, or any like I said, uh, it's like you just lose a lot of that tension. And especially if it's a game where you can revive each other, then you really don't mind if you go in uh, playing a little more, you know, stupid because, you know, your buddy's going to cover you, right? That's the, at least that's the hope. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, most horror games are best played like alone in the dark with headphones or something because therefore you're completely immersed. But uh, this is a game, well, mostly because my kids are sleeping and I'm like, all right, well, I've, uh, like I've had to kind of play with one ear open from my, from my headphones, yeah. And so I'm only getting half the sound design, but like I've uh, like I was actually able to play a little, you know, a few hours with uh, completely immersed. And I'm like, you know, what? this is great. Um, every little thing's freaking you out, you know, to a certain extent. You're you're more cautious. You're like, okay, because you can hear them in the vents, or you can hear, you know, you're hearing these the um. There's a low level soundtrack, I would say. You know, it's like so it's not uh and it's covered it's not necessarily music all the time but it's you'd hear like whispers or you know just constant something and I'm like wow this is way creepier because a buddy uh, a buddy at work was like hey is there an act do they actually have a soundtrack and i'm like you know what i don't think they do uh, but i wasn't really paying too much attention because i was playing at that point i was just playing on the tv with the volume low yeah. and with the when i put the headphones i'm like okay nope this is way more effective as far as uh you know but most of the horror aspects are more or less jump scares uh dead space 2 is where they ramped up the gore that was everyone remembers the marketing of like the eyeball uh so oh yeah like, i've heard uh different podcasts talk about some of the stuff that happened in one of these like, the torture I scenes their whole or something like campaign that. their whole campaign thing was like you know um like your mom you know don't let your mom see you play this game or something like that you know it's just because yeah. you know it's like she'd freak out or something and it's just it was funny it was just like that reminds me of like the over the top attitude induced 90 early 90s ads or something like that and this is like that's kind of what dead space 2 really gosh, felt like i miss those uh, ad campaigns man those are <laughs> gosh you ever you ever watch some of those old like sometimes on youtube they have like an hour and a half of of 90s commercials or something like that and i don't watch all of it but i'll watch like a little bit and skip through and try to find some different stuff and man some of that stuff is so it's just wild, just the way that people thought about advertising back then. I guess those were kind of the highlights. There are plenty of like regular normal commercials, but um, anyway, just got kind of a kind of a non sequitur there. Sorry, but yeah. Oh, um, so, but uh, but you're yeah, you're enjoying uh, Dead Space remake uh, pretty well. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially since like the original game is like 14 years old. Uh, Gosh, it is. Came out. In Oh, yeah, eight? it came out in 08. Yeah. Dude, I remember whenever it came out, uh, shout out to Brayden. Uh, Brayden lived down the hall from me at, in, in my dorm, and he bought it, and uh, he was playing it, and I went over to hang out in his room, and he was playing with the lights off, and I could only watch him play it for like probably like 15, 20 minutes because I was just like, this game is scary as hell. I was just like terrified. I mean, because the graphics were really good for the time. This is on Xbox 360 that he was playing it on. The graphics were really good. 
you know, the sound design was fantastic. Uh, the creatures were unlike anything I'd, I'd really seen. There was no HUD. So, you know, you could really immerse yourself. And I was like, this game is scary as shit. And I just, I was like, cool, man. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and do some homework. And he's like, all right, bye. And, uh, <laughs> I was just scared out of my mind. I wasn't even playing it. I wasn't even playing it. Anyway, good times. Yeah. You're not alone on that one. My, uh, my spouse is that way with most of the horror games it, what, like from even like the original bioshock she's like yeah okay i can only watch you play for so long and now i gotta leave uh so yeah bioshock i mean you know bioshock's not scary scary but it's definitely tense it's definitely borrowing a lot of that horror stuff so it it uh the original bioshock bioshock 2 not so sure about it. and bioshock 3 seems like it was it was just uh or bioshock infinite or whatever just seems like it was basically just an action game with a little bit of i don't know uh yeah it was an action game with uh, infinite was an action game with a with a fun story twist yeah and that that was that was where that was mostly i was in it for the story but no um bioshock one had a really good atmosphere behind it yeah. and if um i never finished bioshock 2 but everyone says the uh, minerva's den dlc it's like the best dlc ever top made. tier yeah. yeah one of the best uh, i think of blood and wine is probably maybe taking it for the top spot overall but you know, yeah, it's supposed to be one of the better DLCs ever made. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Uh, now, I guess on to you, man. You've put a lot of time into the uh, next game that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, kind of final thoughts on Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, beat it. Uh, be, beat the main story, I should say. Um, 27 hours in. Uh, I think that they actually say that... Uh, I forget what it was on uh, How Long to Beat, but... I remember it being like 26 hours and I beat it in 27. And I know I did, I know I did at least two or three hours minimum of extra stuff. At least it felt that way. Um, so maybe I did only just do one extra hour of, of stuff. Um, and it just felt like, like longer uh, or maybe it was stuff they were going to require me to do anyway. Um, so anyway, so I get to, you know, I'm, I, you know, last week or two weeks ago, whatever we talked about before um, was kind of the end of me playing around in that game and just doing whatever I wanted to. After that, I just beelined it for the main story. Um, and it suddenly became a lot less fun to play once I started beelining it uh, to the end. Um, just kind of skipping through. I didn't skip dialogue or anything like that, but just kind of like ignoring anything that wasn't main story. Um, but I was able to cut through it fairly quickly because I had built up some other stuff. Um, and the main story is good. You know, they, they do a good job of, of um, having a couple different things for you to, to do that. They, you know, slight spoilers. Um, they do have kind of two main bad guys. You beat one who's kind of the minor bad guy. And then uh, you beat the other one who's more of the major bad guy. And they do a good job of kind of making it, um, you know, you put the pieces together of this mystery, uh, adding up the story stuff. And then you uh, go and fight the, the main bad guy in this sort of dungeon spot. It's a, it's a very fast dungeon. You have somebody, one of the main other main uh, side characters with you. Um as you, as you travel through and, uh, and it's a good climax. Um, 
So, so question for you. Is this during the same time as Harry Potter in school or is this post? They don't. Uh, is he like the Wizard King now? What like? Maybe they maybe they tell you and I just missed it. I think they probably do at the beginning of the game and I just didn't really pay attention. But um, I found out from some other means. This game is set in the 1800s. So it's set a long time before Harry Potter. Now, what you do find is that there are people related to the Harry Potter main line, you know, Harry Potter, uh, you know, main timeline, whatever. Um, there are people related to those people uh, who are like uh, either students or professors at Hogwarts. And I won't say, you know, who or what, but it's, it's, it's pretty obvious uh, on some of these. Um, but uh, yeah, so there are connections, but because they want to, I mean, it makes sense because they want to have, you know, that whole story, you know, that whole world to be able to tell stories in. Um, but they want to be able to, you know, tell what the, the stories they want to tell, but also not bother the main storyline of the of the future um, and anything that they want to do after that, if they want to do more Harry Potter stuff, because I know that's always in the back of their mind. Um, so it's kind of like a Knights of the Old Republic sort of idea um, where it's so far in the past that it doesn't matter. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, it, it is it uh, is somewhat relevant that way, I guess. So it, it's, it's good. You know, the main storyline is good. A lot of the side stuff was, was fun, was fun enough. Um, they never really waste your time too much of anything that you have to like, or that you could opt into anything that you need. The bonus stuff is, um, pretty quick, you know, you can like, Hey, I want to try this puzzle. Oh, it sucks. I'm out. And you can just like go, Oh, this is, you don't have to invest too much time in it. So, so it's nice for that. Um, the worst part of the game that I found was the, uh, item stuff. Um, you, you constantly get items. I think I told you about this before, but you constantly, constantly get items and you constantly have to sell them. And you're constantly running into your inventory maximum, you know, holding maximum. And so you have to, like, every time you finish a dungeon, you have to go back to Hogsmeade and sell all the crap. And you're just like, okay, sell, sell, sell. And then you go back out and you do what you want to do. Um, which is, it's not the most irritating I've ever, th I've ever had in a game, but it's definitely not fun. Um that and the other part of that is the way that your character looks. So the items you find, if you want to get the good item that has raised your stats, you have to equip it. And when you equip it, automatically it appears on your character. So there's a lot of dumb hats and dumb glasses and dumb clothes. So when you equip that stuff... It's like, well, now my character is wearing this dumb pair of glasses and it's cool because they'll show up in all of the cutscenes. But if it's a dumb pair of glasses, then it just looks dumb when they're trying to have a serious conversation, which people like that. And that's fine. They can do that. So thankfully, they made it so that you can manually go into it and say, hey, I don't want that pair of glasses. That's dumb. I want this old pair of glasses or I want no glasses, which is good that they do that. 
The problem is that every time you change to a new thing, if it sucks or you don't want it, then you have to manually go in and change it back to the thing you do want. So there needs to be a setting in this game where it's like... Just favorite an item? Yeah, like a favorite, like this look. And every time that you, you know, get a new item, you can, like, it'll preview it or something like preview do you want to do this no and you can just like one click button you know where you can be like like preview no and then you can go back to playing the game instead of having to use you know the cursor on the playstation to scroll very slowly over click in that click square and then return go click on that original default thing that you want and then you go back to playing the game. Those are the, the main things that I found a problem with. Everything else that I encountered was fine, was either fine or fun. Um, and most of it was, was actually very fun. I think the combat was really, really good. I mean, especially for how, how little, you know, uh, J.K. Rowling really dedicates to combat in, in the Harry Potter series of books. And even what they did in, in the movies, you know, they really are able to expand on it in an appropriate way that's fun and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's uh, and then they, they introduce animals and stuff like that. I hadn't gotten to that before, but they introduce the magical animals, so you can, you know, you can ride different ones of that, and then you got your your broom and stuff. Um, so all in all, it is a really good game. It, it is definitely, and you have a lot of stuff to do. Very beautiful game as well. Um, so, you know, it is rare and difficult for a game to really earn that $70 price tag. But this game, I think, I think, I think does it. Um, I'm not going to talk about it anymore on this podcast, but I do find myself wanting to go back and play it. I'm playing, you know, some other stuff now, but... I do find myself wanting to go back and, and play it every once in a while. So anyway, I didn't mean to talk about it this long, but um, yeah, good game. Good game. All I can think of is when you're saying like wearing silly things during cutscenes is uh, Monster Hunter does that really well, where uh, I think one of the uh, one of the he- the you know hats you can get or like it's a helmet. It's a skin for they have like these little eels uh, that pop up in the world. And so the neck is like this long extended neck and head that just wiggles. And so as you're like having this, you know, big cut scene where like you finally defeated the big, you you know, big monster and you're pushing them away and your head's just wiggling around and the other people are like talking to you like, way to go. They're all like super proud of you and like, we've did it. And it's just like, it completely sucks you right out of it. I'm like, that's, that's the right kind of stupid. it's like or you know you didn't realize this was going to be a big battle and here i here my character is like cosplaying as a uh, as the cat and so i just have this giant cat costume on and i'm like all right yeah sure uh go me here we go this is what we're doing now yeah that that game is good and silly um you know hogwarts legacy doesn't really try to be as silly um but it is really wholesome too like like i don't have kids but if i did have kids this is the kind of game that i would want them to play because it is it is some it is a good game like it is a game where i'm like okay you're not learning uh to play bad crappy games um but it's really wholesome like they like never curse and the storyline is very is pretty unique and um it's all in all it's it's a dang good game yeah 
Well, maybe you just weren't used to the wizard curses. Oh, um, yeah. I guess I do have some of that, I guess. <laughs> well, I was going to say, no, I'm just saying there's a uh, Harry Potter Puppet Pals. Oh, there's yeah. A, there's, a, there's an episode about wizard curses. Uh, uh, and that's really that. a classic uh, little. Dude, yeah. Harry Potter Puppet Pals. I remember when those were coming out. Those were freaking legendary. We would laugh so much at those. Man, they were great. Um I, I got my I got my part timers when I was working at GameStop to uh we did the mysterious ticking noise. And oh, so dude. I was I was just going I was doing the Snape Snape and then uh the other guys like one guy crouched behind the counter and he just pop up and just like convulse his whole body as midair be like Dumbledore <laughs> and he just hide behind the counter again <laughs> and he jumps back up and uh yeah that was it was pretty funny. Uh, we had some good times because of that. But yeah, Voldemort, so Voldemort, you, Voldemort, 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 <laughs> dude, man, the internet is not as good a place as it once was because it was that. more. It was it was a little more pure back then. It just was, leave it at that. It feels that way. That's for sure. Quaint and all. Anyway, so. That's enough about Hogwarts Legacy. I'll jump over um, to the other game I played a little bit of to talk about something new. Um, which I'm not going to talk about, talk about for very long. I played a little bit of Soul Hackers 2, and I do mean a little bit. It was a struggle to get through the first 30 minutes of this game. This game... Is that a Shin Megami game? It's similar to that. It's a it's an Atlas game. It's an Atlas game. So it's, it's made by them, um, but it is not nearly... It, it, it's, it, it seems like it was put out to die, honestly. Um, I saw the reviews were pretty bad, pretty middling to bad for it whenever it came out because I was considering buying it. When I saw some of those reviews, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to spend 60 bucks on this. So it finally came to Game Pass. I was like, okay, I'll give it a try now. Um, this game does everything in its power to lose you um, as, as fast as possible. It is a ton of cutscenes that are boring and they're just, they're, they're just boring. They are doing tons of exposition. They're explaining all this stuff to you in the first half hour, in the first 20 minutes, I got to walk about 30 feet one time. And in that time I was trapped in an area and just walked into an alley and then another cutscene appeared and then they told they revealed something which I didn't really care about yet because it's in the first thirty minutes of the game, and they kind of introduce a mechanic and they do a little fight, and it was very pedestrian, boring, um, our, our you know RPG, you know uh, turn-based combat. Probably could get interesting, I guess, um, later, but. You know, and, and then and by that point, I'd kind of started skipping through dialogue. And, and it is voiced, it was voiced dialogue and it was nicely voiced. So I appreciated that, but they were just taking so long to get anywhere with it that I was just like, okay, I'm just going to skip your, I'm just going to read it, you know, make it pop up and read it as fast as possible and skip through. And uh, I got through, you know, um, through that little battle and then got to the next point and just made sure I could save. And it about 30 minutes had passed and I was like, okay, I'm going to save it. And come back and maybe play this at least let myself be able to come back and play this later if I want to. But it was, uh, maybe it gets better. I don't know, but it was one of the worst beginnings to a game I've, 
I've seen in a long time. Just I think that's just Atlas Games, man. Uh, it's a lot of those anime and you know old school RPGs. Uh, that's just how they roll. They're they're just very slow. Uh, I just did a quick look because I I just uh, wasn't curious what the average score was, and it looks like a lot of the big name outlets are giving it roughly about a seven out of ten. Um, so it's got to get a lot uh, better then. Because like, because uh, I mean, I, I hate to compare it to like one of the one of the better games of all time, but you know, Persona Four Golden has a slow start, but it 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 pulls you in a lot better, and I think that that this, and I think that it it shows you, it pulls you in the way a movie pulls you in better it's like you're here and you're getting off into this new town and then you're kind of able to talk to this person but but you know soul hackers 2 starts you out in this computer world and you have no idea what you're really looking at and you don't really care and then this other lady comes in and they're just explaining everything to you and it like persona 4 golden is like it's like feeding you things as you kind of ask for them, as you kind of need them. And this is just, it, 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 I can just see why there wasn't a lot of fanfare that came out for this game. And it was sort of just like put out there to be whatever. It was a half-assed reboot of a, of an old series. And it's just sort of sad. It's like, you know, nobody was asking for this. Nobody really wanted this. It couldn't have made you that much money Put it in the put it on the back burner. Let it simmer for uh, some more time. Uh, try to make it, you know, more flashy, more more better, and release it when you are between, you know, big releases. Um, that's just my so opinion. when it when it comes to like so this is part of the Shin Megami like Devil Summoner franchise. Um, there's you got your Shin Megami Persona games and the Persona are the I guess the most mainstream and easily accessible when it came to a lot of their a lot of the other stuff um that those were always way more hardcore dungeon crawlers whether it's like di um digital devil summoner um you know you had a couple I had there's there's quite a few of them but anything that had Shin Megami in front of it you know it was like okay you know what you're getting into it's more or less you getting kicked in the teeth for a long time. To you figure out the battle like, system. Yeah, it's just you know you're. It's it was it's a neat story and it's always like very dark and like especially when it came to, you know, like a lot of the RPGs at the time where it was like it's a high fantasy setting, uh, and everything's like whimsical and colorful. No, this is everything of his was like bleak and you know doom and gloom. Uh, that was kind of just the way that rolled. And you're like, all right. So, she, you know, especially if you were, you know, it's like, this is more the edgelord territory. Uh, but they were entertaining. Uh, if you don't like dungeon crawlers, then you, or you usually get to a point where, like, I made it pretty far. And then all of a sudden, I hit this boss. Now I got to grind for the next, like, two hours before I can actually get a high enough level to fit. And yeah, then that that's where, usually where I've lost most of my interest. And that, you know, that is kind of par for the course for a lot of those kind of classically styled JRPGs. I've played a pretty, a pretty penny number of uh, JRPGs in my time, kind of cut my teeth on those. So, you know, I am ready for a lot of the things that people find annoying about those. 
but it also kind of um, my experience with them sort of uh, makes me a bit of a snob, I guess. So I'm I'm not you know I know there's a lot out there, and there's a lot that I haven't played that I still want to play too that are widely renowned. Um, so kind of getting into this one. I was just like, yeah, I would rather, I, I just wanted to have something to talk about, you know, for the cast and I've achieved <laughs> that now. So I probably I would say play, play the, uh, if you're gonna play one of these old school games, play the, um, the remake, uh, I are the HD version of uh, nocturne. It's uh, Shin Megami Tensei three nocturne. Uh, that, that one was out, a yeah. PS two game. Uh, that one was, I remember, I remember liking it quite a bit. Uh, it was unique. Uh, it's like post-apocalyptic Tokyo. Uh, Dante from Devil May Cry makes an appearance. Holy uh, shit! Yeah, right. Wow. It was a crossover you never saw coming, and you're like, "Oh man, this is." You know, I remember blindly buying the game, just being like, knew nothing about it, just saw it came in. I'm like, and I bought it like sight on scene because I'm like, you know what? Uh, at that point, I already owned Persona uh, One and Two on the PS One, and like anything with Shin Megami on it was really hard to come across because there was always limited production. And then the next thing you know, it just disappeared and never to be seen again. Um, and so, yeah, they, they recently came out with uh, an HD um, remaster. Uh, it's like, it's available pretty much everywhere, I believe, or at least, and I know it's on steam for sure. And that might be, if you want to play a classic, more classic version of that, uh, but I do believe they also came out with uh, on the Switch. They recently came out with a, a newer version, or uh, the uh, uh, Shin Megami Four, I believe. So uh, they do have some other uh, ones that might pique your interest. Uh, uh, oh, it was five. I'm sorry. It was, so yeah, it was the the fifth one, and that just came out like a few years ago. And I know you're a big Switch fan, so that might actually pique your interest. I like I said, I've kind of dipped out of those. I just do not have the patience for them. I'll play They're the Personas. So long. They're just so long. <laughs> I mean, like, Persona 5 is a 100-hour game. You know, that's insane. Like, I I, I want to play that game. I've wanted to play that game for so long, so bad. And it's finally on Game Pass. And I'm just like, I know that I'm not going to get anywhere near finishing that game. I, You know, to think that I could play that game for 30 hours and not even be a third of the way through it, through it, you know, that's about where I dip out on most games is 30 hours. Like you gotta, I gotta get done with them in about 30 hours. That's the long, that's like the long of it, you know? And it's just, it, it's just, I just, I want to play that game. It's, it, you know, I love persona and, you know, and those games are so much fun, but they're just, it's just too much. Yeah. I, I liked what little five I played. I say that because I was playing it and then I came to it late uh, picked it up and then I was playing and I'm like then they announced for the same generation that they're coming out with Royal and I'm like oh you guys I hate you so much right now because I had just bought it and I'm like uh, so I, I you, thanks for letting me know I just wasted my money and I'm out <laughs> so I'm like I'm not gonna finish I'm not gonna finish putting in all this hours into a game that is not the complete version and I but I put too much time into it that I'm not gonna bother going playing Royal I'm like just there's no way uh, so I watched the anime instead and you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's so. probably the best route to go for that. But anyway, so that's, that's enough of about, uh, soul hackers to, um, uh, yeah. So it's too bad. I didn't think it was going to be good. I, I knew I wasn't going to probably play through all of it, but just, uh, so I kind of was, 
I kind of did set myself up for a bad one, but I really wasn't expecting it to be quite, quite that uh, meh. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're coming to a head here soon. So uh, we give you a few more minutes to talk about uh, what you had recently watched uh, after everyone been telling you to watch it for years. Yeah. People have been telling me to watch this movie for years. Um, it's been on my list. I finally got to it. It's called The Babadook, um, Australian horror movie often called um one of the best of all time it's on a lot of top lists definitely top 10 on a lot of lists of all times you know i think this came out what 2015 it's been a good good minute since it came out um so i i wanted to get to it i finally did um and it's good it's it's the hype is real it is a very good horror movie not too long uh, as most horror movies are not too long um but uh, it skips through a lot of the early stuff. It, you know, it, it does a good job setting up the early early stuff. And, you know, it could take a long time to do that. Um, but it, it, it doesn't. It, it kind of goes, it kind of gets you to the point where you're like, I know what's about to happen. And then it kind of skips the thing that you know it's going to happen because it's really not that important. And just goes to the aftermath. And that does that several times. And then you get into the like meat of the movie, which has to do with the Babadook. Um, and uh, they've set up enough stuff for the right payoffs and, and the mystery to sort of unfold. Um, and it's all, it's really good for all that. But something I noticed about it was the lighting. And now it's kind of, kind of weird to talk about, but the lighting in this movie um the camera work is really top notch. They really know what they're doing. Um, they they do a lot of a lot of good stuff with kind of tricking you as a viewer and putting you in the mind of of the mother. That's like the main character in this in this movie. They they do a really good job of of um, kind of making you feel like you're seeing things the way that she feels like she's seeing things. Um, and uh, by the end, you know they're uh, they're doing a lot of weird stuff with with light and you know, kind of stage lighting and kind of um, it gets it gets very uh, supernatural, um, but not in a weird way. Um, it's uh, it's really good. It's a, it's a really good you know movie that they also don't belabor the mystery. They don't they don't over explain anything. They let they let a lot of um, stuff go unanswered and sort of strange uh happenings just sort of hang there so yeah overall good movie so um if you haven't seen it you know and you like horror at at all or thrillers that are that the uh, th thrillers at all um this is something that you really have to uh cross off your bucket list um it's definitely worth worth that yeah, as funny enough, the Simpsons, the last Treehouse of Horrors, uh, their, their first segment is uh, their their take on this. Because uh, yeah, it was that, and it was the how uh, was it Death Note, mm, and yeah. then it was I forgot what the third uh, third skit was. Uh, but that's, yeah, it's pretty good lineup with uh, those two. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of their better ones in the last couple, that in my most recent memory. But I more or less stopped watching them, and I just I was only watching them for the Treehouse of Horrors just to see what like they would spoof off of. And I just remember at one point, uh, I think it was like twenty 
2010, 2011, I had stopped cold turkey because I was like, they all had happy endings. Like literally, it wasn't like happy ending, and then like the twist at the end where you can see like the 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 monster in the background. It's like no, no, like legit. Everything's like everything's hunky dory. It was just like nothing was remotely. I don't know. It's just they lost their edge, and so I kind of gave up on them for a long while, and then uh, I started watching just uh, watching them back up again just last couple years ago. And yeah, this the Death Note was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, that one is pretty great. I would I would love to see them more, see them see the Simpsons do more anime. Just you know, even just like every once in a while, because that it was, was so it was fun funny. to see the other characters there too. Just so disco funny. stew in the background, yeah, uh, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, all right. Well, that's good. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for uh, sticking around to this far. Um, yeah, we had a little technical difficulty there in the middle, uh, so hopefully yeah, probably it won't in, be too jarring. Probably work in a uh, like a little disclaimer. Hey, we had a little thing there, um, so I'll, I'll work that in there so people aren't uh, too too bothered by it. But yeah, All right. well, sounds good. Uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, this has been episode forty-one of Another Dead Pixel, and just until next time, yeah, you guys take it easy. All right, bye.